We are starting this new series, Playlist, uh, tonight. And uh, I mentioned this earlier, but we, we actually did the first iteration of this series last year. Some of you may remember, but uh, in 2022, we asked you to send in a, a, a secular song that you saw God in. And, uh, and we took those and we preached sermons about them. And it was, it was really great. But this year we did it a little differently. Uh, for Playlist Volume 2, we had everybody vote on um, four songs from four different genres. So four country songs, four rock songs, four R&B songs, and four pop songs. And after hundreds of votes were tabulated, there were four very clear winners that rose to the top. In fact, uh, this week's winner was an absolute blowout. Willie Nelson's Always On My Mind received 405 votes. The next closest country song was Jordan Davis's By Dirt, and it got like 170. Uh, and so people, I mean, it's Texas. Who's, who's that surprised? But, uh, but honestly, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy that it worked out that way because I love country music. I am a huge fan of country music, but more specifically, I love Texas country. And Willie is one of the pioneers, one of the godfathers of Texas country music. And my entire life, I've been a fan of Willie. In fact, I have a picture of him in my office. Uh, a lot of times when I do counseling or meet with families, I, I notice they're kind of staring up like, why does my pastor have a picture of Willie, of Willie Nelson? Uh, he's right beside C.S. Lewis. And so I just like to throw people off, you know? You know? Uh, but I've always loved Willie's version of this song. It is such, it is such a sweet, heartbreaking rendition of a song about a man who has made some missteps in a relationship. And he's asking for, for one last chance to make it right. Saying that the whole time, even in the midst of all of his mistakes, all of his failures, this person that he loved was always on his mind. It's a really beautiful concept for a song, and I think that it's one we can also find some spiritual value in. And so I wanna go ahead and, and jump into our scripture, and then we'll talk about how all of this kinda of comes together. Uh, but if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and pull those out. We're going to be reading uh, from the very beginning of the book of Psalms. We're actually, uh, our, our scripture for today is just Psalm 1. Six verses. Uh, and this is what it says. This is Psalm, Psalms 1, 1 through 6. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, they meditate day and night. They're like trees planted by streams of water, which yield fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Okay, our, our psalm says those who meditate on God day and night, those who keep God always on their minds, are like strong trees. They will bear fruit. They'll thrive. They'll prosper. This is the very first psalm in the book of Psalms, and I think that's significant. Because from the very beginning of this incredible book of poetry and wisdom, the psalmist is telling us the value of building things into our lives 
that help keep God always on our minds. He says, meditate on him day and night. The question for us this evening is, is how? How do we keep God always on our minds when we live busy, hectic lives? How do we keep God always on our minds when we have families to care for? And we have jobs with responsibilities and we have friendships to maintain and we have chores to get done. How do we do it? And I think the answer comes down to our habits. If we want to be a people who thrive like, like those strong trees, if we want to be deeply rooted people, the people that, that this psalmist writes about, we need to look at our habits. What are the things that we do consistently? What do we meditate on day and night? What's always on our mind? And so that's what I want us to talk about our habits. So first let's talk about our bad habits, our harmful habits. Our song for today alludes to some of those. See, this song, Always On My Mind, has a long and storied history. It was written by Wayne Carson, Johnny Christopher, and Mark James, and it was initially released by an artist by the name of Gwen McRae. Uh, but it wasn't, it didn't really take. Uh, in fact, it didn't really become a commercial success until Elvis Presley recorded and released this song in 1972. And he, he, he recorded this song just a few weeks after a very public, uh, notorious separation from his wife, Priscilla. They would go on uh, to, to get divorced. Well, 10 years later, Willie Nelson recorded his own version of this song in 1982. And it was after he had just gone through two messy divorces himself. See, for both of these men, this song was a way for them to express their regrets for some of the ways that they'd handled their relationships. It was a way for them to recognize how their bad habits and, frankly, their addictions had impacted their significant other. And I think that's really the heart of this song. It's a song of self-reflection. It's a song about looking within and seeing with honest eyes some of the ways that you've fallen short. Now, maybe your habits aren't quite to the level of Elvis or Willie Nelson uh, when they were recording these songs, but we all have things in our lives we'd like to root out, every one of us. And one of the best things we can do when it comes to our bad habits, our harmful habits, is to be honest about them, to be real with ourselves the way that this song is. We have to be willing to identify them and, and, and own up to our own shortcomings. And look, I know that, that everybody is different. There, there are not two of us in this room uh, that are going to have the exact same set of bad habits. But it's important that we know ourselves, that we self-reflect, that we learn what trips us up, whatever that may be. It, uh, it reminds me of something legendary Hall of Fame LA Dodgers manager Tommy Lasorda said uh, about some of his own bad habits. In an interview with Sports Illustrated, this is what he said. He said, I took a, a pack of cigarettes out of my pocket and I stared at it and said, who's stronger, you or me? The answer was me. I stopped smoking. Then I took a vodka martini and I said, who's stronger, you or me? Again, the answer was me. I quit drinking. Then I went on a diet and I looked at a big plate of linguine with clam sauce and said, who's stronger, you or me? 
and a little clam looked up at me and said, I am. I can't be Linguini. The point is we all have our own unique bad habits. For some people, it's smoking. For some, maybe it's biting your nails. For some of you, maybe it's Linguini. But whatever it is, one of the best things we can do is to self-reflect, to identify what those things are, because the sooner we do that, the sooner we can take steps to uproot them. There's another uh, old preacher story about a teacher who took his students outside one day for class. And when they got outside, the teacher stopped and, and pointed to four plants that were close by. One was just a little sprout. The, stec- the second had, had grown some roots, had been planted a few weeks before that. The third was a, a small shrub, and the fourth was a large tree. Well, the teacher told the students first to pull out the, the first plant. And so one boy walked over to it and very easily plucked it out of the ground using just a couple of fingers. The teacher said, now pull out the second. And another student, a boy, walked up and, and he found the task a little bit more difficult. It took both of his hands, but within just 10 or 15 seconds, he pulled it out of the ground. Now do the same with the third. He said, and another boy stepped up and, and he grabbed the shrub and it took him a couple of minutes And he had to twist it and turn it and yank it. But eventually he was able to wrestle this plant out of the ground. Now try the fourth. The students all got together and they put their arms around the the trunk of this tree and they pulled as hard as they could, but obviously it didn't move an inch. And the teacher said, this is what happens with our bad habits. When they're young, we can remove them easily. But the older they get, the harder they become to remove. Now, I recognize that that is a very cheesy preacher story, but I like it. I love it because it uses the same image that the writer of our psalm uses, except the psalmist uses it in the opposite way. The psalmist says those who meditate on God day and night, those who create these good habits are like strong trees that bear fruit. And those trees aren't easily uprooted. They're steady. They're strong. They aren't easily removed. And I think that's important for us to understand too. See, to that teacher's point, bad habits, harmful habits, are hard to uproot the longer we do them. That is absolutely true. But to the psalmist's point, so are good habits. So are healthy habits which is why the type of habits we create in our lives matters so much. The things we build into our lives, the things that are are always on our minds are so important because they stay there. And they begin to mold us and we become them. And so the question we have to be willing to ask is are they harmful habits? Or are they holy habits? Yes, there are harmful habits. But sometimes we get so focused on those that even when we think about the word habit, that's immediately where we go. And that's where we stay. But there are also good habits. If we are intentional about it, we can build holy habits into our lives that will also grow deep roots in us. That will also be hard to remove. In fact, that's how Jesus practiced his faith. In the Gospel of Luke, 
You may remember, there's a story, only one story that we have from Jesus' adolescence. He's 12 years old, and he goes to the temple with his family for Passover, and he's going to learn and study and pray. And in the Greek, it says that Jesus went to the temple katahoethos, meaning he went to the temple as was his habit. And then later on, in the same gospel, we, we see that phrase again. But this time, it's right before he would be arrested and crucified. Right before Jesus would give his life for humanity. Right before he would defeat death. Right before he would do the greatest thing in human history. And what does scripture say? It says he went to the garden to pray, kata ho ethos. As was his habit. From the time he was a child to the time he was an adult, Jesus practiced his faith as was his habit. He talked to God and he prayed, as was his habit. He spent time at the temple, as was his habit. Jesus lived his life with holy habits. And so should we. Because just like those harmful habits, those holy habits grow deep roots. And they can have far-reaching consequences. Take Willie Nelson yet again, for example. Uh, Willie grew up in Abbott, Texas, uh, in between here and Waco, just down 35. And he attended Abbott Methodist Church. Now, growing up, uh, I've read uh, a couple of Willie uh, biographies, and they are kind of wheels off. But he tells uh, a story about, he tells lots of stories about how wild of a child he was how uh, he started drinking and fighting and causing trouble at the age of six years old, which is wild. But he also talks extensively in his books about how the one thing that kept him grounded was his little country Methodist church. This is what Willie writes in, in one of his books about it. He says, our first music performances were in our church, Abbott Methodist Church, where we were all members. Our grandfather wasn't a regular churchgoer, but our grandmother was. She had us scrubbed and cleaned and dressed for church every time the doors opened. She was a Sunday school teacher for children as well as, as a music teacher for anyone who wanted to learn to read music, play an instrument, or sing. And I love this last line. This was one of the ways we survived. Willie's grandmother made sure that, that he consistently went to that little Methodist church. And it's a good thing that she did, and it's a good thing that he went. Because still to this day, Willie is, is a, a follower of Jesus. He's a Methodist. And when he found out that that little Methodist church of his that he grew up in, where he learned to sing and play guitar, when he found out that that church was going to be torn down in 2006, a childhood buddy of his called him and said that the conference was selling it for $72,000 for the building. And Willie's response was, do you think they'd take 75? Uh, this is what he wrote in another one of his autobiographies. Uh, this one here, uh, it's a long story. He says, you're gonna laugh, but the only reason that church is still standing is because me and my sister Bobby bought it a few years back. We bought it because we heard it was going to be torn down. And we couldn't let that happen. 
Willie Nelson's grandmother instilled the holy habit of going to church, and it went on to save that very same church 50 years later. That's the power of holy habits. They get so deeply rooted in us that 50 years later, they still bear fruit. 50 years later, the way that Willie Nelson experienced God and the Holy Spirit in that little Methodist church stayed always on his mind. It mattered. See, finding Christian community that that we participate in regularly is a really powerful and holy habit to form. I got to see another really cool example of this earlier this week. On Thursday, I woke up super early and went to the South Lake Chamber of Commerce's monthly prayer breakfast for the first time. It's, at, uh, it's held at Methodist Hospital, and, and it really filled me up. I was so delighted to see this group of leaders in our community come together early in the morning and start their day with prayer and a devotional before they headed off to work. And as I watched uh, these folks drink coffee and listen to to Pastor Sterling deliver a short devotional, I thought to myself, this is a holy habit. This, this, This is a tree that isn't easily uprooted. And then I thought, well, what holy habits am I currently instilling? What good trees am I planting? What about you? Maybe like Willie, it's coming to church consistently. Maybe it's, it's a prayer breakfast or a small group, or, or maybe it's trying to read your Bible more frequently. That's a great one. I read recently that one of the habits uh, of ultra-successful people is that they read voraciously every day. Warren Buffett would read between 600 and 1,000 pages a day. Uh, Bill Gates reads 50 books a year. Mark Cuban Go Mavericks. Mark Cuban reads four to five hours a day. And when asked uh, how he learned to build rockets, Elon Musk responded, I read a book. That, that also relates to our spiritual life. To be voracious readers, to have the holy habit of engaging with Scripture. If we want to make progress in our spiritual lives, we've got to form that habit of reading our Bibles. We've got to engage with the Word. Because that's what the psalmist tells us to do in our text. I love the way the message version translates Psalm 1. This is, the, this is what it says. How well God must like you. You don't walk in the ruts of those blind as bats. You don't stand with the good-for-nothings, and you don't take your seat among the know-it-alls. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. I love that. The psalmist says the righteous chew on scripture day and night. Because in the holy habit of reading our Bibles and engaging with scripture, we're challenged. And we're stretched and we're confused and we're convicted. And in all of that, we grow deep roots. We grow into those, those healthy trees that he writes about. So what is it for you? What holy habits do you have that, that you can celebrate tonight? And what holy habits are you working on? Maybe like Willie Nelson, it's finding consistent Christian community at a little Methodist church service on Saturday nights. 
Maybe it's building communal prayer into your week through a, a community prayer breakfast or, um, or a small group. Maybe it's reading your Bible more and doing a daily devotional. Or, or maybe like Jesus, it's praying and talking to God, kato ho ethos, as was his habit. Or maybe it's something totally different. Maybe it's meditation or gratitude or journaling. Whatever it is, do not underestimate the power of holy habits. They can get as deeply rooted as our harmful habits. They can make a profound difference in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And if we are really intentional about building them in, about building our lives around them, we will be like those people the psalmist writes about. We will be a people who have God always on our mind. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, help us to find ways to, to build in healthy, holy habits into our lives. Lord, if, if we're not sure what that looks like, if we're not sure what our next step is, God, I pray that, that your Holy Spirit would guide us that way. Lord, it is easy for us to get stuck on, on our bad habits. It is easy for us to, to see the not so great side of ourselves sometimes. But Lord, remind us that, that the good stuff also gets deeply rooted. So Lord, help us to replace some of those harmful habits with holy habits. Help us to follow you better. Help us to, to practice our faith as was our habit. Lord, we love you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.